0: At a time when the world stood absolutely still during the pandemic, there were a few brilliant artists and creatives like Anita Chibba who were only just beginning. Anita, better known as Diet Paratha, started her platform on Instagram in 2017 with just 100 followers. She used her platform to curate South Asian origin art that made her feel seen, heard and represented. In this episode, we go on a journey with Anita, a young Indian girl who felt almost invisible growing up in a largely white New Zealand. From seeking and failing to find mentors who Anita could look up to, who she could aspire to, who could see her, understand her, guide her, to today Anita herself becoming the very mentor she once seeked to people who stood in the same place that she once stood. And she does this so beautifully, so authentically through possibly the strongest tools known to mankind which is art and community. So stay tuned, this is a conversation you do not want to miss. Hi Anita, welcome to hashtag preach. I'm so excited to have you here on our couch. I just want to personally say that I have watched diet Parada. of course it started in 2017 if I'm not mistaken but I really saw it like blossom and flourish in the pandemic and I know for a lot of creative people that was a real time of reckoning like for me also I came out of thinking like do I really want to make clothes and bags and shoes but you just I think you really owned the platform and what you did was you facilitated um work and opportunities for so many other south asian creatives through your platform and i really just want to know more about what you do how you do it and what drives you of
1: course well thank you so much for having me especially here in mumbai i feel like so honored to be here i know i met you in london and yeah. it's so nice to connect here and i sat with you at the dior show yeah so that was lovely <laughs> that um, was lovely but thank you so much for your kind words as well um, so Diabrasa is essentially a platform that celebrates the best in South Asian creativity and talent. I started the page in 2017 and it was a mood board. I started just collating images, collating stuff that really inspired me, brown models, people showing up in places that I hadn't typically seen South Asian people show up before in and I really didn't start giving it a go until the pandemic. So it was around 2020. So 2020 happened and I had diapers. I really wasn't posting consistently. Um, but I, I, like I said, I knew I had something there. So I was posting every day. I had this massive archive of imagery. Like it was huge. And yeah. I just knew that it had been unseen to And to it was Rose. just for
0: you or you knew that there were others out there who wanted that? It
1: was it was just for me like it it already I think I had like a thousand followers maybe or maybe just under. So it had this massive image archive and I was posting every day in the pandemic. I knew that I had something. I knew that people were online. I was really taking advantage of people yeah. just being, being glued on to their, their phones yeah. even more than usual. Yeah. Um and it just started to gain traction, people really started to feel seen, and now Diet parata is—it's so much more than just yeah. an Instagram page. To so many people, it's a community. It's a place to take opportunity from. It's a place to feel inspired from. It's a place to
0: get jobs from. It's almost like Pinterest for us, you know. Here almost, <laughs> like yeah. we actually go to Diet Prater to like get inspiration for our campaigns and things like that. I'm so,
1: so yeah, glad it's to like hear a, that. I, yeah. I, it's just. I think it is a more valuable resource than anything.
0: So I'm going to launch right into your creative process because you've been in advertising which just makes you really really sharp at like understanding what others want and like you know tapping into the EQ of what works, what connects with people and on the other side you have a very individualistic like style of like this is what I wanted to see. This is what I knew that growing up, me and the girls, like the very few South Asian girls that were there with me wanted to see and we needed it in our life. So I feel like it's a bit of both. And that's when like this confluence actually puts great work out there. So this is a very personal question for me because I get asked this a lot. Um, and in today's time, everybody says, you know, you can be whoever you want to be, which is great like and and fashion is a skill like you can learn it it's like a muscle you start exercise it but i still somewhere feel like style is something that cannot be taught like fashion can be taught but style is just so much more inherent so my question to you is that do you also feel like because you work with so many artists that art can be learned you know you could go to school you could learn how to like make beautiful things but do you feel like creativity is something that can be taught as well or learned?
1: I think that is a very interesting question I, I think it's an evolution mm-hmm. I think it's an evolution of self and I feel that well I don't think it can be taught pen to paper academically yeah I really feel like it can be taught from different types of people and different types of of experiences and different things that happen to you in your life and different things that you're consuming. All that you're exposed yeah, to. Yeah, it's kind life. of like where do you take inspiration from? Like that question is so. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And it, it is like an evolution. Inspiration, I feel like, is consistently evolving and we're not the same people that we were.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like
1: six months ago to the same people that we were two weeks Thankfully. ago. Thank <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but. I really feel like I don't think it can be taught, but I think it can be experienced and then becomes second nature. Yeah. So, do
0: you feel like what you're doing with Diet Parata is also educational in that sense? Like, it's telling people, hey, like, this is a great body of work by like amazing people. So, the more you see it, the more you interact with it, the more you're exposed to it, you can learn or ingrain, is what you're saying, like, creativity and being artistic. I think think so. It's like having the eye for it.
1: Having the eye, I I think you can train an eye, absolutely. Like where I was at the beginning of my career to where I am now is completely different. And I think it's actually important to understand where you sit on that scale, just between what you think is really bad work and what you think is really good work. that is so important. Because you're consistently evolving and you're consistently trying to, if you understand that scale, Mm you are consistently trying to better yourself and you, you're able to level up and really become an icon or a cultural leader in your scene, such yeah. as yourself.
0: Yeah, and there is such a thing called subjectivity, yet at the same time, I feel like there is work that is good and that there is, like how you're saying, it's very important to build that scale for yourself. To, and I read in one of your articles that you, you only pick work that you know is going to just be excellent work it's not gonna be like, cause it's my friend's work or it's like somebody I know I love. It just has to be really great work and that's when it gets featured on that parata cause you want to just push people to define that scale for themselves. So for I think sure. that that's, yeah. I only
1: pick work that I feel like I wish I had done in some capacity oh, yeah. myself. And I feel like that keeps me striving for that benchmark. Yeah. So I hold myself accountable when I'm posting stuff to the page and that just really helps it in shows. my practice. Yeah, it, shows. it really just helps me create better work by platforming really brilliant work. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's kind of like how I run Diet Parata on the whole, like we've got this amazing mentoring program.
0: Oh yeah, I wanna talk about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I feel (laughs) like with the mentoring program, the way that we pick mentors is I have to feel like it's a massive opportunity. Like I really wanna keep the page and the platform and the community at, as the benchmark mm-hmm. of creative brilliance, yeah. so everything I do was kind of just pulling back into my evolution and what I've taken over yeah, the years yeah. and where I'm at now. And I'm, like I don't feel like I've reached the top at in, by any way. I don't shape think we ever form. feel
0: that. Thankfully, yeah, I think that's what pushes us to keep getting better. So I think yeah, you've really put that really well. So when I was really young, and I don't know if I was really young then, but when I was younger, this line from Bon Jovi's song really stuck with me, which is like. Like the poet needs the pain. And I always felt that maybe I'm actually not supposed to be an artist because I don't have enough pain in me. You know, like right. where is the pain? <laughs> where is the drama? Like how am I gonna create like beautiful works of art? Because you read about Van Gogh and you read about like Frida Kahlo and um you're like, Okay, you need to be that. So now i've realized that i can access various emotions apart from just pain so my question to you is a do you really feel like that's true like the poet needs the pain to produce great work and um, do you personally feel like you've used emotions like say rejection anger loss to create this body of work 150 percent. i feel like if i didn't have
1: if I didn't face the obstacles that I had to face, I wouldn't have strived as hard. What kind of worrying. obstacles did you just face? Just not feeling respected, being overlooked, being underrepresented, mm-hmm. being—I don't know. I just—I guess it's just the way that South Asian people are seen, specifically in New Zealand. It's mm-hmm. just like th- there is a level of disrespect, and oh,
0: really? we're kind
1: of working. Of absolutely, mm-hmm. we are working in these environments which are very white and they're not very comforting and they just don't nurture. Mm-hmm. And I think as a direct result of that, experiencing that through advertising, and that's also in the UK as well, it's yeah. very inherent to countries um, that have a white majority. Um, I think, yes, I've learned some brilliant things from brilliant people, absolutely, but that, ki- that kind of lit this fire inside me to really go out and, and create a space and carve my own path into like this world that I'm so proud of being part of now but now I've really started to connect purpose and passion together Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is a way to kind of flip that pain and kind of drive it in a more positive light and that's really aided me in in my personal journey and my creative journey as well yeah
0: yeah I see that and I feel like you know, you have about 27,000 days. I think that's what my sister told me. Like, what, in live, total? If you live up to like th- 75 years. No, that's scary. Yeah, 27,000 so. days. What? That's what she told me. I may be wrong, but you can fact check me there. But that's what she told me. And I was like, oh my God, is that too much or too little? Because there are days you feel like, oh, that's too much. And then you're like, that's too little, oh right? Oh my God, I hate, I hate um, that. I hate those kind of like quantifiable yeah, measures of how Yeah, But then that's with. what I realized that when you have these traumatic experiences, they kind of create a tunnel where if you step into it and if you go through it, it kind of gives you, it just like escalates the the growth, so what you would have grown over like five years, you kind of grow in like three days, Yeah, yeah. if you actually choose to walk through it, so I feel like that is what really reflects in people's work that have they walked through enough tunnels or have they bypassed it, you know. So, Anita, I think that there is just so much clarity in how you're speaking and how you curate as well. Um, But I just want to ask you that, and I face this a lot, right? Like, a lot of creative, especially young creatives face this a lot, where you have a certain set of values and you've held on to them so strongly and, like, it shines through your work. But then comes a client... Um, there always comes a client (laughs) (laughs) yeah there comes a client and it looks so beautiful when they're coming to you and like it's all forms of flattering plus it like gives you it pays you well because you know at the end of the day you need the money to keep your business afloat so they come in but the idea that they have or what they want you to execute, it doesn't align with your values. It pays really well, but it does not align. What do you do? Do you have a conversation with them? Do you just drop them? Do you just not do it? How do you do it? Or do you, do you like invest in educating them? What do you do? I, I think like for the
1: diaspora, like we really struggle with like performative allyship oh, yeah. and meaningful allyship. And if I sniff performative allyship, it is gone. I am lucky enough and privileged enough, we are as a team, mm-hmm. to be able to pick and choose what we want to do. Um, but I understand it's, it's not like that for a lot of people, right? And so I get... We're in a living crisis in the UK right now. The oh, yeah. power bills, the energy bills are £700 a month. That is ridiculous. Wow. It's really hard out here, especially for creatives. It's creating this climate that is you know with creativity and art and 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 all of this stuff that inspires us so much becoming a luxury i understand why people do do those projects and i don't knock them by any way shape or form um but in our specific instance i just i don't or i hold a client accountable like if there is if there isn't if there is an ounce of performative action, which I guess that there are there always is going to be, right? Like they're trying to essentially co opt a community to make their brand seem more appealing. Mm-hmm. But how is that done in a really meaningful way? And I'm so lucky to have partners and people listening, people like you, people that are cultural contributors, people that make really core decisions at brands. Mm-hmm. They're really receptive to the ways it's, it's like yes through education that we can give back to the community and we're always weighing that up when we do projects how is this impacting the community are we paying people correctly are we in charge of telling our own stories because for so long we have been seen through a oh, yeah. western lens Is the brand creating opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, through the campaign that we're doing? And is the partnership going to be ongoing? Mm -hmm. Is it, we're not just a tit-buck business, not just a few brown faces? Yeah. So those are kind of, those are prerequisites, to be honest. Like, you have to be able to answer one of those in order to partner with us.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I also, like, even we get approached because fashion often is seen as uh, something very glamorous. So people just kind of, like to fit a fashion show into any kind of a thing that they promote or do yeah. or like any activity and fashion is so much more than that like it's not really frivolous but it's like an act of rebellion if done right if told with the right story the right representation uh, but a lot of clients don't get that so I always question them okay so you're doing this for a cause you're probably making a sari with like text on it that that supports financial literacy but How are you going to see this through? Like, what happens after this campaign is over? You know, so I think just holding the client. But again, like, today I can afford to do that because I'm a 12-year-old label. Yeah. But probably, like, 10 years ago, I would have said, okay, yeah, Yeah, yes, please give me the money. I need to pay my salaries. I need to pay my carriers, my artisans, you know. So it is just so tough and there is no real right answer. But as you're saying, is the client willing to have a conversation with you? And are they willing to get the education, yeah. uh, I think that if they do that, then it's, then it's fine to go ahead with the project.
1: For sure, I think it's up to us as well as leaders to encourage these bigger brands to set the, maybe starting their careers out yeah. and have less opportunity and really just want to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Like I actually say this all the time, it, it is, unfortunately we live in this world where people do exploit one another, especially in the fashion industry, like publications yeah. don't pay. For submissions, um, but they sell their magazines, and there's a lot of stuff that is done for free, technically, mm-hmm. right? I have done so many things for free in my life, mm-hmm. and I continue to do them. And it's who was exploiting me and who was not exploiting yeah, me, right? right? And I mean, I guess it's if it's for free, there's like a level of that, right? But if something is a good opportunity and I see it as like helpful mm-hmm. and it could help my career, I've done so many incredible. Things for free, yeah, which have just set the tone. for Yeah, yeah I agree. At now. I agree
0: with you. Like, and it's also about identifying the power, right? Like, yeah. that's what you're saying. Where does the power lie? Like, in this project, do I still have equal power, at least as a creative? If not say financially even if you're not paying me but I still the power is equal in yeah. a way where I'm getting to do the kind of work that I want to do so identifying that like when am I getting exploited versus when am I actually doing a collaborative project yeah, that is a big difference sure. between identifying the two. So a lot of people say
1: exposure doesn't pay the bills but it has paid mine mm-hmm. and I think that I think that needs to be spoken with nuance as well like obviously we're just talking about exploitation versus being paid your worth Um, but ultimately if you have opportunities come into your inbox or land in your DMS and I really think people just need to weigh up what works for them
0: yes I think think that discernment is really important in this so I think we are so right in saying that Collaborations or exposure does help. Like, we dress so many celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we pick the celebrities yeah. that we say yes to because I know that she's a good brand fair. She's Even if she doesn't lead to sales, I know that it's helping my brand get stronger. It's helping my brand get a platform and a voice. Is she tagging me? Like, those are the things you have to ensure. But these things do stack up. Completely
1: agree. Like, I'm about to be 33, um, and I feel like coming back to what we were saying about like where do you sit on the creative scale i was way down here when i started out i wasn't even as good as my friends that had Mm -hmm. the eye they really had it and that kind of that's why i feel like through these experiences i have i have gained it but it's a really exciting time it is to be a young person i wish i had instagram when i was growing up like when i first discovered it, I was able to really connect with my South Asian Mm. identity after basically resenting it for over half of my life. It's like when you're growing up in New Zealand, you just want to be white because they have it the easiest. It's just, it's different.
0: Yeah. So this is a very interesting thing for me to hear each time I speak with somebody who's not lived in India yeah, uh, because I find it hard to relate, but... I think it just means so much for people living outside of India to be able to see themselves represented and to have the conversations that you can have as like fellow Indians. So um, I I share with my friends that it's only when I started traveling and I started interacting with women in the US, in LA, in New York, in London, uh, that's when I kind of realized, oh, it is cool to be Indian. Because even here, when we, we were growing up here, I've grown up reading like Sweet Valley, watching *Ali McBeal*, watching Friends, just wanting to be so American. Right. And then you go and meet people like you who just really want to be Indian and <laughs> want to own that. And then you kind of get, oh my God, I've been so lucky that I actually grew up with my kind of people and my people oh and my I have these gosh, shared stories. Um, so I want to thank a lot of people like you doing this kind of work there because you've actually made it cool for us to say. You know, I mean, I grew up in India. And I, I don't know. need. I don't need. I don't need to hide that.
1: I think that it's really sad that as South Asian people we are dehumanized, we are overlooked, we don't even own our own practices, especially in the West. Like I. It's actually surprising to me that meditation and like yoga practices and Ayurveda and all that sort of stuff is only becoming popular because it's been adopted by the West. Like that is new information to me.
0: You know, I always share this story. My dad went on his first Europe trip um, when I was nine or 10 and he came back with a dress and it said, made in india and i was like what you never went abroad and how could you put this? Get a dress that was made in india and i was like you've lied and i was so upset because oh, it was no. the worst thing to be made in india right oh, no. but now we put it on a label so proudly saying made in india so i think that this exchange thanks to ig as you're saying for us to like for you to connect to us but for us to connect with people outside of india saying look You're so lucky that you're Indian.
1: It's so crazy that you say that, um, that like you look to the diaspora to see, like to find your sense of pride, because I feel like we look over here. So it's kind of like, you know what's interesting about that though? There's always this quantifiable how South Asian are you? How Indian are you? How Bangladeshi are you? How Sri Lankan are you? How whatever are you? And I just feel like, it is so counterproductive mm-hmm. to what we're doing. We're on the same team, yeah. right? And I feel like there is so much work that needs to be done in this space. And I'm so grateful for a space like this. Yeah. So I find it really interesting how culture, imp- or how, how culture works in different scenes and mm-hmm. in different countries and in different nations. So in the UK, specifically, what is happening in the culture really informs what happens with celebrities and the style of photography and the style of fashion and movies and so The culture grassroots people that are doing really creative stuff people that are just really Incredible at doing what they're doing in their own right. They really help shape the way. Yeah, like music You know that, or even streetwear in London Absolutely, yeah. it's like self-expression really informs the way it starts here, and then they almost leech from it from the top. But from here, it is... Which it is
0: where you kind of see people are ripping each other off and stuff like that. That's when it starts happening. So, I mean, I
1: think that happens in any way, shape or form, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is an exchange that happens from both ways. But I feel like here it is potentially the top down that informs what happens especially in Bollywood. The culture, especially Bollywood. You've got a culture like Bollywood, which is just so astronomical in size and so influential on another level, like Mm -hmm. the size of the nation of India is like far exceeds anything we're used to. So I would really love to see, I guess like just changing the attitudinal beliefs Mm -hmm. between the top down and like more collaboration through what's happening at a mid level range because that work is really incredible. And yeah. so what
0: you're saying is that the power kind of lies at the top here, whereas in UK or in other countries where you worked, uh, the pop culture really defines the trends and then the celebrities kind of take from that, right? Absolutely. Like which is why where so brands, important.
1: Celebrities, yeah. people. And I just feel like there could be greater synergy if we were to work yeah i do notice that
0: there are so many young brands here that are doing such amazing work but they don't see the kind of success that some of the larger brands do simply because they're not able to dress bollywood and get that kind of a platform because that is the only platform in india we don't have singers we don't have Artists who are as powerful enough to give a platform to younger brands. So, I get what you're saying that the power kind of needs to shift and let this like more uh, authentic, like real on ground, raw work just pure creatives come through. But
1: that does not mean that they don't exist.
0: So, you know, we hear a lot of women in business or women entrepreneurs. So, my question is. Do you feel like being a South Asian creative is still people putting us in like neat little compartments? Or do you feel like being a South Asian creative is actually opening a door to like a much larger global platform? Like, do you feel limited by that? Or do you feel like it's actually giving you a wide like runway to just take on the world? I think in the category of work that I am
1: doing, which is um, helping amplify South Asian voices and creating opportunity and providing inspiration and providing this resource, it has absolutely benefited me, but in equal measures has boxed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Cause I was, I had this eye before, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and your I creative amplify, first. Yeah, well, I mean, South Asian, like Indian is my identity, right? I'm a Gujarati Indian woman. From New Zealand, who now lives in the UK, who somehow made it to Mumbai. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my identity, and I just feel like it's very interesting, especially with diet prata. Diet Prata exists for brown people just to be really good at what they do, and th- that is often what that is void of stereotypes around, you know, the food and marriages and all of the stuff that almost like plagues us as the people. Um, because we're, sto- we're so categorized into those boxes as well. So I feel that it... I'm proud to be like a South Asian woman, and I'm, I'm, s- I'm proud to be a South Asian creative. I'm proud to be part of this kind of wave of talent. That of is, like, course, coming but just up. as a creative,
0: do you feel like there are times where you get really annoyed that, you know, people are just calling you a South Asian creative and not just a creative first because... Um, Like, that people are not seeing your work first. They're seeing your identity or your nationality or that first, like...
1: Well, when you frame it like that, absolutely. Um, I think it's frustrating, but I think there's also... I I mean, especially living in the UK, like, there is a lot of education to be done. There is a lot of, like... There is a lot of discourse around how we sort of reshape Mm -hmm. the way or reframe the way that we are perceived. Yeah. So... I think it does get a little frustrating, but it is not for me personally. It's largely
0: good. It's yeah, largely it's largely good. good. Okay. Um,
1: but we're so much more beyond that. And I really do feel like Diet Prata or my work has proven itself to kind of exceed like right. just the parameters. Yeah, and you worked with like
0: Gucci and you worked with so many international brands now that really are not about it being South Asian, right?
1: It's more about like us being here as a people and seeing, being seen and heard and respected the way that uh, that we should
0: be. So I've been following your Family Tree um, mentoring program and I think that that is just so wonderful and I feel like that ties into you saying that you're trying to create work and opportunities that you seeked as a young girl um, and you have some of the best People supporting it like Simone Ashley um, and you could just tell us a little bit more about that and how that actually works how people can access your mentorship program or be a part of that um, and do you also feel like because personally I feel creativity can get really exhausting running a business can be really exhausting and if i did not or could not tie my work to a purpose and my purpose is eventually starting a karigar academy the artisan academy uh, to ensure that the embroidery art form is continued forward to the next generations Uh, if i couldn't link my work of making shoes bags clothes to that purpose I wouldn't want to do it so is this so these are two questions here one is that is this your purpose like do you think that this is what kind of gives your work purpose this mentorship program that you formed for younger creatives to have access to so i grew up in new zealand and i didn't have access to any of these brands or any of these
1: people so i decided to start the family tree mentoring program we were having so many offers come in from so many senior, incredible people in the community. What that, were these offers saying? That can I help? Let me know if there's anything that can be done. Oh, wow. And generally we've got things sorted, you right. know, when we've got a project that's fine. And so we've set, this, we've set this mentoring program up and anybody of South Asian heritage from anywhere in the world can apply. Okay. That was a big thing for me because in New Zealand things were so inaccessible for yeah. me.
0: And Are they still as inaccessible there? I
1: think just because of the size of the country and the sizes of the teams and the budgets and things, it's just not as easy to yeah. get into those spaces. Um, and so we've set this program up. We've got so many incredible people from all over the world. We've got um, Simone Ashley and Johnny Walker have come on to wow. even like help support the program throughout the year. We've got Janet Johnny. He's the Associate Creative Director of... Heis Nabaire, we've got Nelish wow. Dunn, he is the documentary series commissioner for Netflix, we've oh, got wow. Nabi Ali Walia, she's the editor of Hype Bay, and so on and so forth, all of these incredible people just transferring their knowledge. Um, and the way that you can apply for that, or the way that our community members can apply for that, is just through the page, we do um, different rounds, um, and people apply, and then the mentors, because they're giving up their time, Good. they kind of select who they think um, they could best help and right. it's really starting to change lives like we've had one of our mentors was nominated for an LVMH prize Ooh, From wow. Karu, and his mentor neha was um, being so incredible in helping so many different brands okay so maybe we world. can share
0: a link to this uh, yeah so, so, so we, can...
1: I think the best thing to do is just keep an eye on the page because we do rounds we haven't got one open at the moment but soon
0: come okay okay we'll look out for that so lastly I want to ask you because a lot of us get that when we're starting off especially Indian girls um, that okay it's great what you're doing and it's really cute but it's just a hobby it's not it's not real like it's not a real career choice so when you started building your Instagram and you saw potential in it did you have so many people tell you that no and one how did told you me
1: one? directly, yeah. but
0: I feel like
1: there weren't a lot of people that supported. There were loads. There were loads of friends and different types of people. There were also lots of people that didn't, yeah. and it definitely made me feel a type of way. Um, and I think it's really sad when you don't get that support from your friends, and you really you need a cosign like a Vogue or a Burberry or a Gucci to like make people think that you're you're really yeah. valid. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but do you feel like now it's everybody can see it, like? What was that moment where you were like, okay, now people are taking it really seriously. are taking my work really seriously. Was that a moment or it's just very organic and gradual?
1: It was gradual for sure. Mm. Um, but I really feel like support is free. But yeah. like you really should be supporting the people that you love and encouraging them to do the best. And anyone that is up against adversity in that department, I would just encourage to just trust your gut, follow your heart, yeah. and just do what makes you happy because nothing new is going to come from doing the same thing that's always been done. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you still feel like there are many things that haven't been done? Do you feel, Oh my gosh, of gaps? course. Even in this internet, TikTok, Instagram era, there are gaps, of you still course. see? Of
1: course, there's always going to be that's something reassuring. new. There's always going to be like a new style of photography or start like, style's consistently evolving as well, or like coming back around. And I think there are new takes and new things to, new subjects to speak about different ways. Like look at, I guess you guys don't have TikTok, but like Instagram rails, like how that kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and there's all this the like, way. there's different types of reporting done now. Mm-hmm. Like fashion is like, you know, you've got the screen, screen and you're speaking about something in front of you on that 15 second second clips. I think it's so exciting. And when you can find those
0: pockets, So the pockets exist, so that's great news. The pockets exist. That's great news, thank you, because I often feel like they don't. No, they do. That's a great note to kind of end this on, like very optimistic, as you are. Thank Um, you so um, much for having (laughs) me.